mind that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt. Who am I? Welcome to Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. We're glad you could join us as we teach through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Today's lesson is one in which we know you'll be enlightened to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's listen in to Pastor Greg as we launch today's lesson on Who Am I? in the book of Ephesians, excuse me, Philippians chapter 4. We're going to look at a few things. We're going to start in verse 1 and we will stop with verse 7. You guys have probably seen this text before, but Greg was telling me I was doing um, a Thanksgiving message, so, uh, you know, this has probably been a memory verse here, actually. You know, at uh, verse 6, we've probably heard all of chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. And the reason I kind of done this was uh, in my Bible study, there was one of the guys in there that he, he knew this scripture, but he always left thanksgiving out. And he always left thanksgiving out. And I was like, that's interesting. And we worked on that, and he got to the point where he got past that. But... It was just kind of actually human nature, you know. We're pretty unthankful people, to be honest. We, we really are. We're, and we're spoiled by the world around us. has spoiled us rotten. And, you know, we don't even know it until we come to know the Lord. We start reading the Word of God, and it starts convicting us, showing us where, you know, where we're at in our life compared to what the Word of God says. And, you know, some of us got more work than others, but the same, the same time, it's the same God, it's the same Spirit. He does the same work. And, we, we just, some of the scripture is good for this time because it says be anxious for nothing. You know, we're, we're at a time that uh, we're, we're fickle people. We're anxious for everything, and especially the way things are going on now. And so I, I guess to, to just kind of look at this and where my heart was in it, there's a few things to look here, you know. It, it's a, to be of one mind. We can look at that today. We're going to look at the fact of, you know, um, the anxiety in our hearts and, and, and what God says about that and depending on him for the peace that can guard our hearts and our minds to Christ Jesus and you know we're at a time right now I think this could be good scripture for us because a lot of crazy stuff going on a lot of things to think about and you know there's a lot of lies being thrown around and what do we need we need the truth and so that's why it's good to just this is a good place to be, guys, to learn the truth, to spot the lie of the, the things that are going on in the world. And you know what? It's nothing new. Where we're at today is not like it's really any different than it's ever been. It's been the same scheme of the devil. It's been the same God throughout eons. And this is the same things that people have faced throughout time. You know, here a while back, I was uh, conversing with a guy, and he said, these are the worst times ever. And, you know, for us it probably is. But what about the people who lived to the atrocities of the Jewish people being killed, the atrocities of Hitler and those things. You know, they had to have some things going on in their mind back then where they were living. At any time, America could have been assaulted by all the things that were taking care or taking place. I mean, there was a lot of things to think about. The world coming to an end back then, World War One, and on and on. 
And so, yeah, we're in a testing time, things we've never seen before, but it, for Christian people, it's probably some of the primest times ever because people are thinking, we've got more population in the world than ever. The people who truly don't know the Lord, they're thinking about things. Think about it. This is worldwide. There's not somebody who can come from another country. Well, they can't. Nobody can travel. But if another country person can come here and they could see maybe if we're the only ones going through this, it would be different. But no, they're going through it in their own way. So this world is going through something. And that's why for Christianity, it's a hot time. And we need to be excited about it. And whatever we do, we need to not be anxious about it, but trust God that he has it no matter what. And we have to go to bed at night resting in that. If not, we're going to be miserable, guys. And we can't end these last days. I'm talking to an older group here, and I think it's fair to say we probably in our minds have looked and thought, wow, Lord, you know I'm old. I don't want to keep doing this this way. Come take us home. And you know, if we truly know the Lord, that's good talk. But at the same time, we're not called home yet. And so what? we got work to do. And so in that, we can't be scared. We can't be lied to. we got to know what God says to do. And he's never told us to quit going out and telling people about the good news, sharing the gospel, sharing the love of Christ. There's nowhere in the Bible that he says you're going to have to take a break from that, unless personally he spoke to your heart. But uh, for the masses, we're to continue to go out. And so don't be lied to. But at the same time, we have to find the balance of where do we stand and looking like crazy people. And there is a balance in that because sometimes when we don't want to conform to what the world says, it looks crazy. But that's where we have to trust that we're in God's will. We're trusting him as he's walking this out with us, not for us, not behind us picking up the stuff, although he will. He'll, he'll walk behind us if we get out ahead of him. He loves us. He don't dangle carrots to get us there. We do that ourselves. But the idea is that we just trust him, walk with him, we can have peace in our hearts, guys, because it's unrestful right now, even in the Christian community. They're taking sides, you know, and we can't do that as Christians. The only side we can take is Jesus' side, but we cannot make these people that are against us our enemies. It's not a battle of flesh and blood. This is a battle spiritually. We have to have spiritual eyes open more than ever, or we're going to falter in this. And personally, for ourselves, we have to be a good mind, one accord with God, one mind with God to understand how to even walk through this without, you know, all the chaos and all the confusion. So that's why just getting back to the Word of God, making it simple in your heart, knowing that there's a devil out there going about trying to devour whoever he can. But remember, he can't kill you. He can make things difficult, but God will come and use everything that the devil ever does in your life for your good. Amen. Amen. Hang on to this stuff as we go through these times. And remember, we've got younger Christians behind us that may not be as mature in the Lord that need to watch a witness of what it looks like to be secure in the Lord, being of one mind in the body of Christ, walking this thing out. Not, look at Paul as he walked through his times. Hopefully we know enough of the scripture to see the picture of Paul. He didn't let nothing face him. You know, when they, they stoned him, did they stone him to death? I'd say probably so, and God done a miracle and raised him back up. That'd be enough for me. I just want to believe and keep it to myself. It's a whole lot safer that way. But what's Paul? He said, let's go back. Let's tell them. Let's keep telling them. They don't get it yet. And you know what? That's all those people that don't agree with us. That's, they just don't get it yet. And God has used us, and he don't have to, but he's used us to participate in what he's doing, to go out and share the love of God, 
to invite people to the kingdom and let them make a choice. But they get to watch us doing it. And as we're doing it, we have to have the security of the Word of God in our hearts to keep us safe. If not, we're going to walk in a chaotic mess not really knowing what to do. And we need to know what to do in these times. And it's just continue to trust the Lord. You know, we, we've all had things in our lives. I'm, I, I know Avery's had trials. I know Greg and Lana's had trials. We've had Everybody in this room has had trials. And what's God done? He brought us to the other side. And there's been some blessing in it, if you think about it. Every trial you've ever been through, there's a blessing on the other side. So as tough as blessings are, you know, these sicknesses, these things, God's using them. We gotta trust him for that. And know that he's doing a good work, even in the sick people. Even if they die, what's the worst? If they know the Lord, they're going to heaven. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, if they don't know the Lord, we know that that story too. And we just gotta go on and know that God is good and righteous even in that. So let's look at the text here. Chapter four. We're gonna start with verse one. And uh, since there's a little bit talking about prayer and supplication, we probably ought to pray before we get started. Mm -hmm. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. and We, we thank you for the times you've uh, elected to put us in, Lord. We're not here because you have selected this time because you're God. You've raised us up for such a time as now. So, Lord, pour your spirit out on your people. Give us a boldness to go pray, proclaim the gospel message, to tell people about you, Jesus. To go share your love that people might come to know you through our witness. Lord, we thank you that you would use us uh, as rotten and terrible as we are, undeserving of it. You're so good, you would allow us to participate in this. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this day. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing. We give you praise and glory and ask you to help us to see what you're speaking to the hearts of the, the church this morning. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's start here. Verse 1, chapter 4 in Philippians. Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brother, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Now this is a, you know, actually they don't know exactly who wrote the book of Philippians. Um, everybody would really say that Paul did. It's, it's pretty common idea that Paul probably did, but it, I think he does mention it, maybe that he did it. But there's a lot of things that lead that Paul wrote this, so we're going to assume that Paul wrote this. And he did, really, I think, you know, I would agree, just because of the way it opens up. He a lot of times opened his epistles this way. And just a, a little background, I guess, in the Philippians. Uh, Philippians was really a special church that Paul had planted. He was in prison at this time when he's writing his epistle, and the, the, the book of Philippians is considered the book of joy. And what's interesting is Paul was in prison, and he writes these epistles, and he was just expressing to, to continue in the joy of the Lord, those type of things. And so uh, Philippians really is an encouraging book to read. And, and even in the scripture we're going to look at today, I hope you guys are encouraged by it. You know, and, uh, But this is really, a, like I say, a very encouraging uh, scripture. But he starts off, you know, just the way he even approaches these people, the loved and longed-for brother. And so we know he's talking to the brethren, the Christian people of the church, by joying crown. And so he would almost, you know, he would consider these guys as joying his crown, but he continues in the joy part of it. And he, he lets, you know, these people become his joy. You know what? I, I think pastors even do that for their little flocks. As hard as these flocks can be, I'm, you know, growing up in Lafayette, Tom is always called a psycho sheep, and I see why now. He's right. 
but you know, you grow up, you learn to love these people in a special way. And you, you know, it's really your pastors look at you guys the same way Paul looks at the, the people that he planted and the things that he expressed. But that's part of the Christian community too. You take a love on for the people that you're you're with. Man, we got we're family. This is family, part of the body of Christ. This part fits in in a little different part than the one in Lafayette. We've got Randy and you know, but they've all got their parts. And this little this little fellowship here, it may be little, but it's still a part of the body. We have to remember that. We have to walk and, and figure out where we're fit in here. But I know Greg considers you guys his beloved and brother, and he loves you guys. I'd have said that if he wasn't here or not. <laughs> I know he did. You guys have a great pastor, and you need to continue to pray for your pastor and his wife. This is just part of the battle. Pastors and their families are going through it right now. Sometimes we don't know it, but they really are. So keep your pastors and their families lifted up everywhere. It goes on, verse 2, he says, I implore Iodia and I implore Sinteki to be of the same mind in the Lord. Now apparently a couple of gals was having some kind of rip. And, and so in this letter, Paul thought it might be best to just tell them to take up the mind of Christ instead of you know taking sides, trying to figure out what's really going on and, and solve the problem. And it's like, Paul, oh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty full of wisdom and knowledge because uh, he says, you know, take the same mind of Christ. You two come to the same mind of Christ and work it out. And you know what? When you truly do that, you'll come to common ground. And you have to. If you're truly, in, in, you know, seeking the Lord's face and stuff, you'll come to a common ground. You'll see him as ways of the word, and you'll be able to, to work a situation out. And that's a great way, even today, to try to straighten something up. What's God say about it? And we have to do that in, in our everyday life as believers. We don't wait for something bad to happen in the church. This is our life. We say, what God says about that in his word. Because that's how we have to line our life up. And Paul knew that as well. And this is a very simple way. And he loved these ladies. You remember, if this plant was here, he knew them. He knew there was a tiff. He may not know what was going on, but what a way to patch it up. And so, once again, you know, just the God, how he pours his wisdom out on his people. And I urge you also, true companion, and we don't know who the true companion is here that he's speaking to, but he wants them to help these women who labored with him in the gospel with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now hopefully you guys know what the book of life is. That's the book in heaven where all those people that when we finally go home at the end and we're with the Lord, our name's written in that book. And unfortunately, there's another book that people's names are written in that don't know the Lord. So that's where we get to come in. We get to try to do everything we can by the, the God-given powers to be a witness and testimony to the world to help, help them to, to make a decision when they have an, a, an encounter with God that they could have an encounter enough to say that, you know what, I surrender. And we all did that. Sometime or another in our life, we had to come to a conclusion when we had an an encounter with the Lord that we had to surrender. And you know, the great thing with God is He just keeps chasing us. No matter where we're at in our lives, He just continues to chase after us, love on us, to keep pointing us towards uh, sin and righteousness, His Son Jesus. And then one day, it finally pierces our heart, wakes us up, and here we are. But you know what? There's other people yet that need to come to this place, and we get to do that. It's a great thing. 
And Paul knew where he stood with that. Sometimes we don't know where we stand. The fact that we're good at coming to church on Sunday, we'll make it. But then after that, we really, we kind of hide. We can't do that. Our goal is to go out and not be so busy body going out that we're, we're just running all the time. you you, you got to find the balance in it. But, you know, we are. We're called to go out. And what's that really mean? Well, in our daily walk, our lives, that, that we could show people Christ somehow, even if it's a smile. And I'm going to tell you how how important a smile is right now. There's some people haven't seen smile, they don't care to see a smile, but boy, when you smile at them, they can't help it. A lot of times they'll just smile back. It hits them. And we don't know in them things, you know, if you got to worry that what's going on, but it's all right. It's all right. It don't matter. We just go on and love. We just got to love. What's God say about all that? That's how, you know, the world's going to tell us people when we're loving on one another. And right now, you know, what's happening? We're, we're not of one accord as we're going to go and look here. You know, he, he told these ladies to take the same mind of Christ. The church needs to take the same mind of Christ. And unfortunately, we're, you know, look on TV, you'll see a lot of big promotion, all these big bands going on, and it's cool, and I'm not saying it's wrong. God's probably in it there somewhere. I don't know. But boy, I, you know, the gospel message is so simple, and I think the rest of it's a little simpler than what the church has made it today. I could be wrong, and that's really my opinion. And my pastor's taught me everybody's got opinions, and they're like armpits. They stink. <laughs> but I really do think, you know, we, we've lost sight of just the simplicity of, of who we are in the Lord. I mean, when we look at the life of Christ and the simplicity of Him and and even the, the, the close representatives, uh, you know, we, we see the Apostle Paul, what he had. Uh, he ran around and just got tortured all the time. What a life, huh? But you know what? Christianity does not come cheap and easy. Ministry is not cheap and easy. Is it great? Huh? I've watched Pastor Tom here recently. You know, everybody has talked to the pastor, it seems like. And we really don't have to go to those extremes all the time. You know, you got people, that's all they'll do is run to the pastor. There's a time you got to grow up and get on, on solid food and know that, you know, it's not about the pastor, it's about Jesus. And when we can connect and, and keep our relationship and, and nurture our relationship with the Lord without the help of others, that's kind of the goal of some people, you know, and, and, and Paul even approached those people and told them, that, you know, you got to get off the milk and on the food. Can't keep acting like little babies all the time. We have to grow up and mature adults to be able to even understand this stuff. And we know without the Spirit of God, this stuff is foolishness to, to the natural man. You have to have the Spirit of man to, or the Spirit of God to even understand these things. Chapter or verse four says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Again, I will say, "Rejoice." Now, this is coming from a guy who's sitting in prison. This is coming from a guy who's being beat, been beat up, been tortured. It's not had an easy way to go promoting this Jesus thing, but because he knows his calling, he's walking in the Spirit. He continues on, and it's a rough deal. But what's he do? He says to rejoice, rejoice. When's the last time you rejoiced? In seriously rejoiced in what God has done whether it's good or bad if it comes from God it's good we know that and so we can rejoice in everything and I got to tell you it's hard to rejoice right now I'm just being honest these are not rejoiceful times Christmas Thanksgiving coming up not too many people rejoicing in the holidays which 
something's changing anyhow. <laughs> I, and we have to be careful not to change in the way the world would have us change. There's, you know, if we're walking this thing out, really there shouldn't be much change in a Christian. Think about this. We should just keep doing what we're doing if we're doing what God has called us to do. Now, if there are things that God wants to change in our life, he'll do it in so many ways, and it can be hard times. We're in perilous times, even as Mike opened up with prayer. The perilous times we're in, folks, we're there. Go read that in Timothy. Was it 2 Timothy chapter 3? Yeah, perilous times. It's a, it's a, if you read that and look at where we're at today, they line up. That's why, you know, that's why so many people say that, boy, you know, is the Lord coming soon? Well, we would think so, but we don't live our life that way. We live our life like he's coming now. It could be at any time. And that's the way we need to live our life. Not like, you know, what we're closed. Well, things are changed. It could be now. And if it's now, are you ready? Some are, some aren't. God's good. I don't know where his, his threshold of, of give and take is, but you know what? Why mess with it? Just abide in the Lord. If you truly know him and he's tugging on your heart, get your word and let him direct your steps. doesn't mean we become robots of his. We still have a life. We make a life and God directs our steps. That's all. And it's very simple and he takes very good care of us. And really, let's hone in on, uh, on this. He says, uh, let the gentleness... Be, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, there's really something to be said here as well. Gentleness, and that's that's one of the, the fruits of the Spirit. And to be able to continue in a, in a gentle spirit is really something because a few years into my walk, I thought I had that down. I had a pretty pretty large anger issue. I could really explode. But I thought, man, I think Lord God's taking that away. And boy, God will show you when it's still in your heart because he'll allow something. What do I do? You know, still still a little bit in me, but God will show us these things, but it's not as bad as it used to be. And that's the thing. God is slowly chipping away and working on us. But part of our witness does to be needs to be a gentle testimony. A gentle word turns away right. You know, there, there's a lot to be said about being a gentle spirit because, you know, as men, especially men, got to be big he-men. Um, if, if you look at the picture of what a man looks like compared to what the world looks like, totally different guys I mean, you, it's, it's really totally different and that's why us as men that you know we've grown up in the world we've been trained in the mainly ways which um, most of them really don't line up with the word of God just like all the worldly ways they just don't line up that's why we as Christians if we're living this thing out a lot of our life may not line up with what the world looks like and that's okay that's a blessing in your life because that means you're doing something right the enemy is always going to try to come in and destroy you, too. But he's doing that to everybody, so don't think you're alone. And if he's not trying to destroy you, he might look at your life. Because he might have you right where he wants you. But there is a picture to be seen in the gentleness of all men. Um, I think King James calls that moderation. That word of gentleness. Let your moderation be known. And, you know, even in our, our, our living, we, we try to outdo the neighbors. And, you know... That word of moderation, really, if you look at that, what's that mean? Well, you know, that doesn't mean having a whole lot. Uh, and, and we look around today, I mean, down the road from me, I've got a guy that built a house, probably a $5 million house. 
and he built it up close to the road, and he owns hundreds of acres out where I live. And I'm like, why did he build it so close to the road? Oh, he wanted everybody to see his big mansion. It took me a minute, because I don't think that way, because me, I'd be hid back in the woods. He wouldn't see me. Yeah, his big old place is up front, but it's because he wants everybody to see it. And that's okay. I mean, he's a Christian man, and he's really generous with his money, too. And so God will use that, but, you know, do we have to have, I mean, this house, you don't see it. You don't need, you've only got a couple kids about that tall. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, moderation, something to be said. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Now, as we look at this, we got to understand this is a command. God's not just telling us, hey, this would be a good idea. He's telling us up front, be anxious for nothing. That's hard to do today, isn't it? To be anxious for nothing. There's a, um, I think it's in Proverbs, Greg probably knows, but, uh, But the anxiety in the heart causes depression. Yes, I think it is. Anxiety in the heart causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Think of that. Man, I hang on to that because I need it. There's times I need to just get the word, just to just to put a little joy in my heart. And remember the, the joy of the Lord's our strength. We've got to have it. And it's hard to see it in people right now. I'm serious. You go around, you look around, people are sad, they're bummed out. It's heartbreaking what's going on to this nation. It truly is. Us as older people, you know, we still see, you know, we remember how we grew up. It was different. And we always thought, you know, that was America. Well, unfortunately, we're not from this world. God says, according to the scripture, you know, we're just sojourners passing through. So don't get too caught up on your America. Although we're here, we have to participate somehow and be part of it. But, you know, let God direct your path in that because we can get carried away and caught up in some things that are not of God if we get too caught up in this America. And I'm not saying, you know, we, we can't be proud of our country. I'm not saying any of that. But we have to first understand our allegiance, and that's to the kingdom of God as represented by our King Jesus Christ. That's where we first have to look to. And yeah, these things are going to affect our life. But remember, we can't live our life according to what's going on. We have to live our life according to the truth of what God said. That we're safe with Him, no matter what's going on. That we don't have to be anxious for anything. Because of Him, we can take that anxiety and let Him handle it. We can lay it at the cross. Everything and anything that's going on. And I can say from my own testimony that there was a time in my life that that's all it was, that I could I could do nothing but think of the situation at hand. And it was it was the worst child I'd ever been in. But at night, I could rest and know that what God had told me in his word to the truth, that it would be okay no matter what. And I could rest at night. But it's only because I could know that my God truly had it. And we have to be able to come to that point. And some people wrestle with that. And it goes deeper than that because if you can't trust with God and then you have to wonder, it's like, well, where am I really at with God? And there's times it's okay to question where you're really at. 
And there's times that if you're secure in your salvation, amen, you'll know it. And God has given us things to know that. But there, if you're being convicted in something, and you would have to maybe wonder, it might be a good time to think, well, what's going on in my life? But this is just one little part, you know, the anxiety that's going on. Are we able to give it to God? And like I say, it is a command. And it goes on, he says, you know, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Now, prayer and supplication. Remember, that's such a, a huge part of a Christian life as well. Look at all the important things here. The anxiety, and it's tied into to prayer. And so, once again, it comes back to prayer. And so even in our own lives, if, if anxiety is working you over, just go to God. Look at the Word. That's a good place to go camp in if there's a lot of anxieties. Go look at King David, the anxiety in his heart, and see what he does. And a lot of times there was anxiety in the king's heart because of sin. Keep that in mind. And what did he do? He was able to recognize his sin and repent. That was the difference between him and the, and the king before him. Two, two men with a lot of the same personality, to be honest. A lot of the same traits, except King David knew he sinned and could repent of them. And he could catch rest at night. It ended up driving uh, Saul crazy. And David, he went on, sometimes a very labored, wore-out, tired man because of the, the people that just kept chasing him. But he knew at the end of the day where his rest came from, and it was in the Lord. And rest doesn't always mean sleeping. It just means that we can just capture a breath and lay our head at peace for a while, knowing that God's in control. And the enemy's going to come back in and try to destroy that peace. And that's why, you know, when we talk about prayer, it's got to be continual. We have to live in a continual attitude of prayer. And that doesn't mean on our knees where people are watching. In our mind, we can continually be in prayer with God. It's easy. i got to do it all the time. I have learned in every situation, pray to God about it. And sometimes we, we make little situations, well, you know, I can do this. God wants to hear even the little situations. And, the, and, you know, the difference between prayer and supplication, I think, is Prayer is kind of general. Supplication, I think, is maybe a little more specific. You can go to the root of a, of a problem specifically and uh, uh, supplicate before the Lord for something in particular. And sometimes that will be a time that uh, God has just been waiting to hear from you to activate something in your life that he's wanted to do. And it's going to happen. And it, 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 it's really neat how God's got this worked out because he knew or knows when you're going to say yes. And then he activates the prayer, but he knows to wait on you. Oh, come on, Neil. Come on, pray it. And he's putting it in my heart. And finally, I pray it and it happens. That's how it works. Prayer and supplication. And it's real. God hears our prayers, guys. And I want to encourage you, you know, the, the Wednesday night prayer. Man, I know it's hard for you guys from uh, Illinois to make it. But anybody else that can make the prayer meeting, you got to make it. It's It's been the heartbeat of the church my whole life. I've learned that. Thomas said that. And I feel it to be true. But uh, the heartbeat of the church is the prayer meeting. So, and it's obviously important here. Uh, Paul's telling these people to be anxious for nothing. That's hard to do. And they had things going on too. There's a lot of persecution. Remember, this religion new. They're not figuring out exactly what's going on. People against them. But yet, they they was able to be anxious for nothing only because of the Spirit of God in their lives goes on, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. 
Now this was the part that my friend Matt always would leave out. And he just figured it was because of his heart wasn't right. Because he didn't have a thankful heart. And he prayed about it. And uh, you know now he don't miss it. But it's interesting that God spoke to his heart. Showed him how unthankful he was by leaving that word out. And it was what he said. It wasn't everybody else. Said, well it's God saying that to you. Matt felt that conviction himself and just shared that. But I always thought it was interesting because we can be pretty unthankful people. I know, yeah, we might say thank you, but it's uh, it's easy to say. But is it real in our heart? And once again, you know, it's, it's the heart attitude that God looks at. Where are we really at in our heart? He knows our motives. He knows our heart. But do we? Uh, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we do. But the idea is that uh, we can be thankful people. Thankful first of all, for what God's done for us. That's the place to start. And if God never done anything good for us again, we should be okay knowing that Lord day we'll be with Him. And I've seen some people's lives that they could almost believe that. It's like nothing went right after they got saved. Never did. People died, this, that. You'd think, wow, what a tough life to live as a Christian. But if that's the cup that God's given you, by faith you can walk it out. He'll let you walk it out. He'll give you the way to walk it out. Even in, even in the hardest of heart. But even then, we still have to find the joy that's our strength. But it goes on. Let your request be known to God in the peace of God. Now this peace of God, probably talked about that before. There's a few types of peace of God. We, you know, we, we have peace from God, and a lot of times Paul would open his letters up that way. We're talking about the peace from God, and I think we would have to look at anything that comes from God as a gift. And peace, you know, and God can give us uh, peace. The spirit of peace can come when we allow it, but it comes from God. So I think we can look at it as a gift. And then we have peace with God after, you know, once we've made a, a set of prayer and decide to follow after Jesus, then we have, you know, our, our peace with God. And this, we have the peace of God. And this is that, that place that we can just rest rest in the bosom of the Lord knowing that, that he has it no matter what the situation is he has it even when we've screwed up done something wrong when we can see it as sin and repent God will help us to deal with it even if we've got to go backtrack that we have to humble ourselves before people whatever it would take to say I'm sorry to, to tell somebody you lied whatever it is God will give you the ability to do it I want to tell you people will look at you in a different way truly when you when you uh, go before him and humble yourself and apologize and repent before him, whatever it would be, there's a lot to be said with that. I know one time at work, a big thing come up, and I, I expressed some things that were true, but probably shouldn't have been said, and the way I said it was pretty hostile. And uh, it really complicated things at work. And I included some of the guys in a situation that it was all true, but you know, I chose to include them without their okaying. And they didn't really like it because it, it showed, I guess it showed their true colors to the people who owned the place. And they didn't want that. They still want to continue to hide behind what. But anyhow, I had to go back and apologize to all these guys. And it was kind of difficult because as guys, you know, especially working all guys, pretty humbling to take all the guys, you know, before and say, hey, I'm sorry that, uh, you know, but it paid off because I had a guy that uh, ended up coming up to me later and said that, you know, that really showed something. 
he didn't he didn't know the Lord, so he didn't really know what it showed, but it was just really humidity before the Lord is what it was, because he gave me the strength and ability to be able to go do that. But I guess the point being is, you know, you can you can reach a peace. You can you can achieve a peace even by coming clean on things. It, it, it will bring a peace to your heart. Um, the peace of God is one of those things that comes in so many ways. Like I say, the situations in life right now, the chaos, we can look at him and he can bring peace. But we line it up with the word of God. This is, this is what we've got to line this life up with, and we can do it. Once I've learned, you know, what's God say about it? Even if you don't know, you can dig around and find it. And if you're making life decisions, make them based on what God's saying. And that can come in so many ways. You know, finances, health, uh, just so much to depend on God and trust Him for. But it really does go back to trusting God for the peace in our life. And it's a trust that, you know, it, in the military, when you're with somebody, you know them well enough and you trust them with your life. Are we doing that with the Lord? Many people aren't. This has become just a religion, a religious activity. It's really religious. And we've made gods up in our own images that, that we love to death because he works just for us. And that's why we have to go back to the truth and know who the true God is that we're serving. And he truly will give us a peace. And there can be a, there can be a false peace, too, if you let it. But once again, if you're in the word of God and you're walking truly with the Lord, it'll, he'll show you what's wrong if there's something amiss. But you do truly have to trust the Lord. He'll show you the peace that comes by knowing him. And this peace that we don't even understand because it surpasses all understanding. That means even as a Christian, even though we have the Spirit of God to discern spiritual matters, many things with God we just don't understand. And we don't have to debate them and question them. And I mean, I guess we can question, but we don't have to debate with somebody over them. Don't have to argue. Surely don't. But there's some things, you know, where'd God come from? Well, that's that one question nobody really knows, but we can't ponder on it much or... If you're like me, the devil will take you crazy places. You can't do that. But there is a, a, a guarding of our hearts. And right now, guys, our, our hearts and minds, they need guarded. And they need guarded through Jesus Christ. This uh, word guard is really, it, it means protect by military guard. And, you know, we're always referenced as soldiers. Or we're, we're referenced as um, athletes references farmers but many times as soldiers were referenced and even in Ephesians uh, where you guys memory verse is when you look at all that garb you know it, it talks about the breastplate of righteousness guard, guarding our heart we got to know that we're right with the Lord and that's a that's a our hearts that place that, that God talks about all the time in the Bible our heart and that's what needs to be guarded and so when we can come to this this conclusion that God is God is we don't have to be anxious we can rest in his peace. And then our, our mind starts to be guarded. We can have peace and, and security in our mind. Our heart is right before God. And if it's not, he starts revealing stuff. But these are all things that we have to do in our walk to allow God to do a work. I'm telling you, if we're not in the Word, we're not allowing these things to take place. We're not chewing on our life as a, as a Christian and saying, what would God have me to do? What's the Word say about this? We're missing it because that's the only way we can live this Christian life, guys. 
remember these these hearts our hearts and minds are guarded through Christ Jesus nothing else and so you have to truly know what this is all about and I think in this room we're pretty pretty good with knowing that we do read our Bibles we know the Lord and so this would be a time I guess you know for maybe a more mature group be encouraged guys because of all this crazy stuff going on we don't have to be crazed by it our God is the author of, of surety he's, he's the author of our beginning our end there is no confusion with God the devil's the author of confusion and anytime you see the chaos and the confusion remember that's the enemy what's God say about it go back to what does God say about it if you don't know pray with all prayer and supplication before the saints, even in your prayer closet, pray, 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 continually be in a state, especially now, because seriously, I mean, things need prayed about right now. Remember what it just said right here, prayer and supplication. We can go before the Lord with these things that are going on, even the sick people we have. Pray for them. Supplicate specifically for them before the Lord. Even in your own life. Pray, 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 pray. Be anxious for nothing. Be of one mind, one accord with the Lord. And that one mindness, you know, we really have to do that as well. So yeah, I guess if nothing else, be encouraged, guys. Just be encouraged. Crazy times. We're secure in the Lord. Go tell people about the Lord. Smile. Put a smile on your face. This isn't the end. When we go home, that's the end, and there'll be no more of this, the, this stuff going on. We'll be able to smile. We'll want to smile. And it'd be nice to want to smile now, knowing that, you know, God is good. He saved us from the pits of hell. And we can sit here today to know him, to be called a saint, his child, a friend. So much to be called in good terms with our Lord. He loves us to death. He wants the best for us. Yet he still wants us to go out. Tell people about him so others will know him and have this surety in their heart and then they can walk in this. They can have peace. No more chaos. No more wondering if they're going to get a virus. They don't worry about it. They just simply walk forward knowing that God's got it. I think it was the bubonic plague that the Christians were out in the streets picking the bodies up. I'm telling you, God has given a special, I think, a, a, a coverage over his people. Throughout times, the Christians have always been involved in cleaning the mess up out there in diseased bodies, and God has protected his people. And I'm not saying it's a, it's a super protection from God if you know him. It doesn't work that way because we know people that are sick that know the Lord. People have died knowing the Lord through this. So you never know what God has for you, but whatever it is, it's good. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, your goodness. We thank you for this church. We thank you for your word. Lord, we're thankful that we know you as we get ready to head into next week, uh, a time of thanksgiving. Lord, let us truly be thankful. Be thankful for the things that you've given us. Uh, first of all, knowing that we're secure with you, that we can rest. And Lord, that we would not be anxious for nothing. And we would know how to pray before you, to supplicate before you. We would know that everything you've given us is good. We'd be thankful for it. We'd come to you and 
let you know our request. And Lord, we would just allow your peace to just pour over us. Peace that we wouldn't understand that would just give us a, a calm in our heart no matter what the situation is. That we wouldn't even have to understand it. That we would know it's from you. That we would allow you to guard our heart and our mind through the crazy times. Lord, that you would just give us a peace that we'd be able to rest. We'd still have a boldness to go out and tell people the word of God, tell people the love of you. They would be able to see it in our walk. They would just be able to tell them. Pour your spirit out into your church. Help us to truly know you, that men would know what it's like to be a man, a true man according to the Lord. Women would understand what a woman is. Our children would be trained in your ways, Lord. So we come back to the simplicity of the gospel, simplicity of uh, just abiding and walking. Pour your spirit out in your church, God. Help us to truly know and walk with you. It's in your son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. And that concludes today's message on Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. If you're in the area, we would love to have you as our guest. Harvest Chapel is located at 418 Old State Road 28, Williamsport, Indiana 47993. We meet for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. Our prayer meetings meet Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Our Bible study meets on Friday at 7 p.m. Today's and previous messages are available on CD. If you would like a copy, please call 765-404-7203. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Who Am I? Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Because I am.